Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, brought to you by VT Scoop 24-7 Sports. My name is Andrew Alex, joined today by Jess Batay. Batay, what's poppin'? Not much, just came back from Florida after a week of vacation. Uh, lovely to catch up with the family, watch the Masters, and now get uh, ready for some spring ball. Uh, and shout out to Evan, obviously with the deep pockets, was able to expense the entire trip. No, I'm entire just thing, huh? I wish, I wish. Maybe next year. We'll see. Yeah, well, it seems like everyone's going on vacation recently. I was on vacation for like a month. Doug went to Vegas. He went to Florida. I don't know if Evan does vacations. I think he just dads 24-7 and monitors the boards, text high school kids, see what's going on. But uh, that's just his lot in life. That's just what the good Lord put him on this earth to do. So more power to him. But, hey, I'm glad you're back because – we have actually like something relatively important to talk about here for the first time in uh, a long time. Not that the interviews that we've done aren't important because they're great. And, you know, the response that we've received uh, to, to those interviews has been overwhelming. And, you know, we're so thankful to all of our listeners. But now back to normal banter, at least for the moment, because it's spring game week, baby. Yes, game week for a game. The team is playing themselves. And, uh, you know, I, I think that everyone – is a fan of spring game. And not to say that people didn't like it before, but people have a greater appreciation for it, given that it was taken away in the sunset of the Fuente era. Uh, but now, spring game number two here under Brent Pry. And uh, similar to spring game number one, this team's got a whole lot more uh, questions than answers, especially when you look at the uh, offensive side of the ball. So, Matei, if, without getting too much into detail here, on a scale of one to 10, spring game, important. Go for it. I think it's about a five. I mean, every year I hype myself up and try to get myself to like, you know, I start at like a seven or an eight, believing that there's ultra significance behind everyone that's trotting out, you know, whether it's, you know, the maroon ones or the orange twos. Um, But I think in reality, it should be a five, Uh, you know, Last year, we saw Jason Brown, and everyone's like, is he going to push Grant Wells for the starting position? And he was running the entire afternoon because the offensive line didn't really work out. So in terms of trying to get you know, a real feel for the players and who's going to you know, be atop the depth chart at certain positions, it's not the greatest event for that. But in terms of having a good time, going to the tailgates, enjoying the weather, you know, Brent Prize really made it more of a spectacle. Um, you know, it, it's it's about having fun, seeing some some guys that weren't here a year ago participate in Virginia Tech jerseys and just enjoying the afternoon. I mean, there's not going to be too many takeaways. I'm sure we're going to talk about it in a week and uh, really dive deep into what we saw. But, you know, overall, it's just, uh, you know, don't take it too seriously, but just try to enjoy the moment. Absolutely, Mateo. But hey, 
I guess we'll start with the quarterback battle, right? Because, I mean, that was the big conversation that we had going into last year. And kind of like you said, uh, yeah, Jason Brown was running for his life the entire time. He didn't look particularly accurate or anything like that. And you could say, oh, don't take too much away from it. But a few months later, it was like, yeah, no, it's well. So clearly, uh, despite the fact that he was running for his life and probably not given a fair shake, it was somewhat at least reflective of what the coaches were seeing day-to-day in practice. I think this year's quarterback battle is uh, a little more interesting, right? Because Wells being the incumbent, the player with not just more experience running this offense, but more experience in games at the FBS level with two years starting at Marshall, but of course what we saw last year at Tech, going to be no surprise to you know anyone who listens to this podcast. We all have similar interests here. Mixed bag would be a very nice way to put what we saw from Grant Wells last year. Granted, how much blame you lay on him is really in the eye of the beholder and a topic of stark debate amongst the fan base, but there's certainly a lot of people that want to never see him play again, let's be honest. And I think the people are starting to come to terms with reality, which was not set in stone when Kyron Drones announced his transfer, that you still might be seeing Grant Wells. He might win the starting job again. Looking at this, both from Wells and from drones, what are you specifically watching for out of their games? Yeah, I mean, I, I say I try not to put too much stock, but I'm definitely going to oversell it when we talk about it next week. In in terms of Grant Wells, I'm curious to see, like, who is, who is he going to be throwing to? Because we've kind of heard that, you know, guys like Stephen Gosnell, Tucker Holloway, they've kind of been, you know, pushing that top group, I think, Andy Bitter put out a, a tweet about the depth chart and people were losing their minds, not seeing any of the transfer guys. So I'm curious, you know, will he be throwing to Ali Jennings or, you know, Daquan Felton, Jalen Lane? Like, how are those guys going to be situated among the two quarterbacks? I think regardless, you know, Grant Wells had a pretty good spring game last year. I think he threw a couple big bombs to Caleb Smith. Um, and people got to see his arm talent, specifically on those deep throws. I'm curious to see, like, if they'll do a bit more intermediate routes with Grant Wells, like, you know, show more consistency in the middle game. Um, And then with drones, I just really just want to see him. I feel like there hasn't been a ton of tape. I don't know if he's going to be running free, um, if they're going to give him, like, quarterback-designed runs to really impact, you know, the playbook with his legs. Um, But I want to see, like, how does his arm compare to Wells throwing down the field if he has an option? Um, And, you know, that's the other thing with those two guys. Like, who's their guy? Because last year it was Caleb Smith and then, you know, a couple guys in the rotation. Who's it going to be for each one of these guys? Like, is it going to be Allie Jennings for both? Um, Yeah, I'm just excited to kind of see – you know, not just the quarterbacks and how they look physically, but who they're surrounded by and how they're able to, you know, use the playbook to their advantage. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm just curious to see how truly polished Kyron Drones is. Because the reality is, you know, you can be a four-star recruit out of high school. You can get the four-star transfer portal rating, be one of the, the top guys in terms of prospects that were available to Virginia Tech. And I think by all accounts, at least on paper, he was, he was a home run. And, you know, we had the chance to talk to him. Really good kid. But does that mean he's ready to start right away? With the limited sample size, you just don't know. I think with Grant Wells, you know what the baseline looks like. Can we know what he looked like against lesser competition? So for that, it's an evolution, right? Maybe with better weapons around him or developed weapons around him, he can take a step forward. I think that a lot of my analysis on Grant Wells last year centered around the idea that kid's inaccurate, right? He makes bad decisions. Probably not ideal that none of his wide receivers are ever open. You have an inaccurate quarterback throwing into tight windows constantly. What do you think is going to happen? Can he improve upon the accuracy with elevated talent around him, or at least what you hope to be elevated talent around him? Can that create more opportunities? I don't know. We could see flashes of it. I think against something resembling a Virginia Tech first-team defense, what we have, I mean, probably given the strength of schedule, it's going to be at least a decent simulation of the kind of defenses they'll see all year. Better on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. More confident there. That's a, a whole other story. So with Wells, it's development. With drones, it's just show me anything, right? Like give me some insight outside of a few series here and there at Baylor and your high school highlights. And from there, you know, we can, you know, overvalue what we saw and make bold declarations. But right now today, Matei, before we've seen anything, I'd like to put you on record. What do you think is the favorite? It's tough to say. I, I think my mind wants to say Kyron Drones just because when you have that unknown quantity that's a four-star talent in high school, a four-star transfer portal guy, you go to the Baylor boards, everyone's screaming, hey, this guy should be starting um, You know, for a team that you know is a top 15 team on, on most years. Uh, you know, my mind screams at the guy with all the physical tools, with the big arm and the legs to make things happen, especially after what we saw last year. Um, but at the same time, like, it, it seems like early goings in the spring, Grant Wells has the playbook down. You're adding more talent around him, which could, as you mentioned, clear up a lot of those deficiencies we saw last year. So it's it's almost like how good can Grant Wells get? That's my biggest question for him. Like, it wasn't good enough last year. And even with all the weapons that Virginia Tech has added, I still don't think it's going to be that good. Um, and that's why, like, I want to say it's drones to kind of elevate the level around everyone, kind of get that guy that's a home run hitter. Um, but then again, like, we just have to see um, how he shows up with the playbook on Saturday, um, playing for the first time in front of Virginia Tech fans. Um, so I would say as of right now, it's probably Wells, but I think there's still plenty of time for drones to kind of 
make you know make his stand um and i think it will you know the decision of his quarterback room will tell you a lot of how confident tyler bowen is in the pieces around the quarterback in this offense yeah i mean i'm right there with you but in terms of the pieces right anyone that you're specifically eyeing right the guys around him who is the i guess there's a lot of unknown quantities on offense the wide receiver position was a one-man show, and then one man was Caleb Smith. He plays for Notre Dame now. At this point, you you hope to have, despite the loss of Smith, an elevated group due to the moves that were made in the transfer portal. Who are you most excited and most intrigued to, uh, you know, see suit up in something resembling orange and maroon for the first time? Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be Ali Jennings or Bayshul Tutton. Like, one wide receiver that we've seen have success against Virginia Tech defensive backs last year in the opener. Like Allie Jennings has kind of progressed into a very stable number one. I think last year our criticism of Caleb Smith is, you know, he's a really good number two and, you know, just so happened to be the number one receiver and the only wide receiver for Virginia Tech. And, you know, credit to him, he's going to Notre Dame. Like that's great for him. But I think the way that Virginia Tech needed to structure it, like you need a guy that is going to win most matchups that isn't just, you know, an over-the-top type of big play threat, but, you know, can take a slant, can take a comeback route. Like you're willing to throw to him on a screen. Like Allie Jennings is kind of that all-around number one guy that you throw the ball in his direction and you're pretty confident, you know, he's going to catch the ball and, you know, he's going to expect, you know, 10 targets a game. And then with Tutton, like a guy that saw a lot of success granted at the FCS level, you know, that can really push forward the running back room. Like I did an article on Elijah Brooks and Bashal Tutton, just basically saying like how change is a good thing for this running back room. And I looked back at the numbers that Virginia Tech had in the running back room last year. And it wasn't good. Like Bashal Tutton had more production than the entirety of the Virginia Tech running back room last year. And I, again, like FCS to FBS comparisons, whatever. But this is a guy that's clearly talented, has that home run hitting threat. And, you know, you're adding him to either Wells or Drones. Like, it only helps. Um, so those are the two guys I'm most excited to see. Wear the uniform and show me what they can do, at least, you know, for the first time. I mean, anything involving moving the football downfield, which is something that Virginia Tech did less efficiently than almost any other team, really, than any other team. I hate to harp on the negative. I know everyone got on me last year calling me a negative Nancy. Well, I was right the entire time. Team went three and eight. Here we go again. I would like to start with by saying I anticipate things improving. But like the Iowa offense was like the joke of college football all year long. Virginia Tech was actually worse. If you watch the game, you'd remember. But offensive line obviously plays into it too. Do you have any uh, anticipated starting five right now? And are there anyone or two guys in particular? And we know that depth was an issue last year, and we harped on it all summer long. And it never really came to fruition. Like the starting five was pretty much intact all season. But 
the results were uh, less than ideal. With some subtractions, what do you think it looks like? And who are you watching? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, putting the Moore brothers in there, I think, um, in the interior is a good start. Jesse Hansen will probably come back. Um, we've heard a lot of good things about Xavier Chaplin, and he's an absolute unit, like 6'6", 335. You know, I think the the thing with him in high school was kind of getting his body right for the college level. You know, it's it's a lot tougher when you're not on a strict schedule, you know, um, and now that he's really had, you know, a year to to progress, like he looks like the guy that's going to come in for Silas. And then Parker Clements actually had a pretty strong ending to the year last year. Um, you know, overall, I think your tackles are decent. Um, they're definitely big physical specimens. I think you'd like to see a little more um, – you know, especially with Xavier Chaplin being kind of an unknown guy. Um, but, you know, I have full confidence in Braylon Moore and Caden Moore to kind of shore up the middle of the offensive line. Uh, and then it's just about Jesse Hansen kind of taking a step forward. Like he's kind of been solid, uh, inconsistent at times, but, you know, can get the job done. So overall, I don't think things are too different than last year obviously losing silas really hurts but those are kind of the five guys that you know i'm expecting virginia tech to roll forward with and then looking at the depth like bob schick who's been around for a little bit now uh <laughs> you have brody meadows johnny garrett uh we've heard good things about um you know a, a bunch of guys from two years ago that kind of have have been able to you know move their bodies to where they should be and learn the system and kind of know what's the expectation from Tyler Bowen like I think the depth will be a lot better than last year um, but overall like the starting five of the offensive line is similar like I would give it a just a flat grade all right any final thoughts before we uh, you know wrap it up and then of course we will recap the spring game we've actually seen something and there's more to talk about yeah just one final thought love the move from taking away i think last year it was five dollars um for admission to get into the game and now this year it's free um but they're trying to push everyone that's attending to donate to nil i think that's a fantastic uh new age solution to kind of what's going on you know give the money back one way or the other uh if you choose to um, I think that's a great move. And um, yeah, overall, I think that's that kind of shows the mindset of the entire staff. Like they're always innovating new things. And, you know, this is pretty great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, we will come back and recap the spring game, of course, between now and then. And then afterwards, your place to go for coverage VT Scoop 24 7 Sports. I am Andrew Alex for Matei. We'll catch you next time, as always. Go Hokies.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.